Hello and welcome to the All American Maker Podcast. My name is Brendan Halbum, and today my guest is Jonathan Baker from Dead Sled Leather in Louisville, Kentucky. Today we will be talking about the grand opening of his new store, as well as our lives as entrepreneurs and working with graphic designers. Today's episode is sponsored by Weaver Leather Supply. Go check them out. They've been around for a very long time and they make all of their products right here in the good old USA. crazy to think that I'm here in the shop and you're opening today. Yeah, just uh, it is pretty, it's pretty unreal when you think about all the stuff that I've gotten together and then you making the seven hour trip. I mean, that's, that's crazy to me on top of everything else, like opening the shop, making the things, selling the things, but then having someone who I've connected with on Instagram where we've never met before. Or talk person. on the phone. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> just real. Like, I mean, I was joking about it. I was like talking to my fiance. I was like, uh, Brendan from All American Makers coming, and it's gonna be wild. <laughs> so it's like a little Instagram celebrity kind of thing, and it just got a little weird. I love it. Well, apparently Lola doesn't want to be left out. No, she'll the shop dog. Yeah, Lola the shop pup. She'll. <laughs> so if I just sit here petting her head the entire time, that's she'll the be best quiet. way. That's the best yeah. way. She gets <laughs> a, she gets a little upset because she thinks we're talking without her, so yeah. she doesn't like to be ignored. I'm not talking about you. She's she's <laughs> a, she's a little high maintenance. Yeah. Well, she's a very minor, my, mild mannered German Shepherd. Yeah, I got I got lucky. With super her. friendly. I got lucky. <laughs> yep. She's in heaven right now. Yeah. My, my spoiled best friend. <laughs> so uh, let's hear a little bit about how you even got into leather, like, and why do you call it dead sled leather? Um, well, first, I guess we'll start with the name, but um, dead sled leather. Um, I just always had a fascination with weird things, and one of those weird things being a hearse. I wanted my first car to be a hearse, but my parents wouldn't allow it. Um, so, and you know, growing up, I always called hearses dead sleds. It was kind of just a thing that we did. We, oh, sure. Here, here comes the dead sled. And then, you know, it's, it's a big cultural thing as well. Like people in the community of like hearse enthusiasts, like that, that's, it's a dead sled. Mm -hmm. So that's where that weirdness came from on that part. But, um, on the leather part of things, I guess it started in 2018. Um, I was kind of stuck in an apartment, um, creatively like I had no outlet mm -hmm. like before I was in the apartment I had my own workshop where I did like woodworking on a very minor level but just sure. no go in the shop turn the music on make things make mistakes have a little fun and kind of mm -hmm. get your creativity out so I was kind of stuck in the confines of an apartment to where the creative outlet like you know I could draw and paint and stuff like that but it just wasn't doing it no more and I needed something different something new to try to put my teeth into and I didn't know what to do and one day I was scrolling through Facebook and someone had shared like a handmade wallet and mm -hmm. I was like nah, I could probably make that 
and then j- jumped on YouTube, started watching makers um, make make wallets. Uh, yeah. People like Stock and Barrel, um, people mm-hmm. like Odin Leather, and um, Little King Goods in Canada. Ryan, I watched all of his videos, yeah. and they all had something in common. When they started, they were doing it at kitchen tables mm-hmm. or little spare bedroom shops and basement shops and garages. And I was like, well, I got a kitchen table, so we might as well try this out. Yeah. So I went to uh, my local Tandy Leather and kind of walked in and. I was like, hey, I want to get in the craft. What mm-hmm. what do I do? Because I, I, you know, I'd watched a lot of videos and I knew a decent amount for someone just walking in who'd never been there before. And I was like, point me in the right direction. They wanted to sell me like these leather kits, like oh, yeah. pre-made like stuff where I just would stitch it myself. And mm-hmm. it kind of looked a little Southwestern, like, I don't know, like reservation, like gift yeah, shop like kind Arizona. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, eh, I'm not looking for that because, you know, the people I was watching, they were like, solid Americana leather, like, you know, like rugged mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, I, I want to invest in this. So just take me through, show me what tools I need to get. And that's what I'll go with. And yeah. they were nice. And they, they were, they took me through. They were like, you need this tool, this tool. And, and what was cool about it and why I still go to them and have developed a good relationship with them is in the beginning, they were like, uh, you need this tool and this tool. Mm-hmm. You don't need this tool because it's very expensive and you can use something alternative. So they wasn't trying to, they weren't trying to sell me the shop. Oh, yeah. So that was, you know, and getting into anything, like, you know, it's expensive to start something out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I went home with a bag full of tools and put them all in a $10 plastic toolbox and had a little roll of leather and started cutting. Uh, <laughs> it was not pretty at first. But <laughs> I had some friends who were very supportive and, you know, I kept watching the videos. I kept reading the books and I just kept making and making and then it just it took off from there mm-hmm. and i was like i said i'm a paramedic and i started working at a fire department mm-hmm. and they were just like can you make radio straps now radio straps are just like like buckle like straps that go over you swing over like a almost like a shoulder strap yeah and it'll hold your radio in the bucket mm-hmm. beside you and you know you can customize them stamp names paint colors and different stitching and stuff and i'd seen people do it like axe and all we talk about them a lot yeah and I'd watch them do it, and you know, I was like, I, I can do that. I don't know how good it'll be. And mm-hmm. I started doing it, and that just took off. Mm-hmm. And the fire departments locally and now nationally have been pretty supportive and allowed me to grow by making those. And you know, I'm pretty proud of that. And it just kind of happened. Yeah. But right before, the, like the there was this ledge that I was approaching. When I was doing it at a hobby level, I called myself 726 Leatherworks. 726 okay. being July 26, just my birthday. Something, sure. something to stamp on a wallet. And it was right at this ledge where I realized that this could be something a little bigger than a hobby. Mm-hmm. And like people were like talking to me, like friends were like, hey, you're 726 or you're 726. So for one, they were getting the name wrong. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I hate correcting that. And two, it just it wasn't original. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people have different names and stuff. And well, they could be like, is that an area code? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And it was, and I tried to explain it to people and it just got exhausting. And I was like, well, it's, it's. I want to, if this is going to be something special, if you want it to be something special, you want it to be recognizable. Yeah. And there really wasn't nothing recognizable about a seven, a two, and a six, and an old anvil. Like, I was the only leather worker who had put an anvil on their wallet. Like, come on. I was just, <laughs> no. I was trying to be like everybody else mm-hmm. and I needed to find my own identity. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm loving this leather craft. What else, what else do I love? I'm a paramedic. I was like, well, I don't want no paramedic based leather shop. Like, that kind of gimmicky, but um, sure. 
And I was like, well, I love weird stuff, so hearses. I was like, well, I, I can do something with this. And I was like, and it's ironic because I spent 24 hours in an ambulance trying to save people and then driving around in my old 79 Cadillac hearse. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just morbid and funny to me. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of morphed <laughs> the two together and just took off. And I think with the branding and the, and the craftsmanship, the leather goods themselves, like I mm -hmm. attract people who are into leather goods. I attract people who want to support um, first responder owned businesses. Definitely. And then I attract people who are into that weird stuff. Yeah. And you know, so, and that's a win-win for me. And I just wanted that recognizable brand. Mm -hmm. And that's, I've, with the help of uh, some graphic design work from our buddy Primo, oh, um, yeah. which I've pretty much put his children through college and I appreciate <laughs> all your artwork. Um, I'm making some more money so I can commission you for more. But I just love my branding on everything. Mm -hmm. So, and it wouldn't well, be what it is without it. And most people don't understand, but if you don't invest in proper branding at the onslaught, like at the very beginning, right. then you're trying to rebrand throughout and people get messed up that follow you. They're like, wait, right. what is this? Like, but if you start from the beginning and have something that's like very exactly. original and unique yep. and you do it throughout, like, whether it's a different design that has nothing to do with dead sled, but maybe right. has to do with the paramedic, like it's going to be that same style and it'll be very unique and recognizable. And I think that's what's gonna set you apart. And if you notice, like we're in the shop right now and you know, we got a nice storefront with the hearse mm -hmm. plastered on it and it looks great. Yeah. If you watch, while well, I'm in here working, I love watching, but if you, you'll see, you'll see people walk by and they'll immediately just look. Mm -hmm. And they'll stop and they'll read it because the hearse catches their eye. Yeah. Dead catches their eye. So, and it gets them. And if they're interested enough, then they walk in. Yeah. So just the branding is very important. And a lot of people don't understand that part of it, especially people like customers just think it's cool. They're just like, yeah. oh man, that's, that's a cool idea. But it is definitely the identity of your brand. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I thought to, I don't know what got into me to make me lean that way and I'm glad I did because I think the success is in the branding oh yeah yeah like I heavily invested yes <laughs> um, I actually used uh, throughout my three brands I used three different graphic designers um, but I've primarily to set them apart primo yeah yeah well like so for my main logo for all-american maker I used the same guy that did that as uh, made candles and right. made quality supply. He made right. the logos themselves. Um, it's uh, Rob Hopkins. He was uh, my second uh, podcast guest. He's out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, he, does, he has a very uh, unique style in that it's kind of very clean lines. Like yeah. it's very, I would say, almost like urban modern. Very sharp, um, very... Very clean. I like that look as well. Yeah. And, but then throughout everything else that I've done with All American Maker, I've used uh, Mason Primo for almost everything. Well, everything. Uh, other than like things that I've kind of done myself where I, so the way I went about it was a little bit different. I took all of the elements that I wanted, whether it was related to leather work, woodworking, or whatever. And I had him do several elements, and then I could move those around to create a label for a candle yeah. or something else. That's, that's um, pretty, like he does those, uh, like, I guess those package deals where he just sells, like, the little, like, silhouettes and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, you can just kind of put 
put this was together. a little more detailed than that. Oh yeah, um, but it was more like a branding package. Yeah. So like each maker and all the elements was a branding package. Yeah. Um, and I would highly recommend like to anybody like go to him and mm-hmm. get a branding package if you're gonna start. Like it's an investment. It's yeah. not something where you're like. Oh, I wonder if I have the money. Like, right. if, if you, you don't, don't have the money for that, you don't have the money to start a business. Cause, and it was a big step for me, like, you know, yeah. starting. And I think Primo, like, I followed him because I started following him for leather work. And I, one, mm-hmm. of his first, one of the first videos I watched was, like, leather crafting on a budget. And he's whipping out these tools as grandpa's old calipers. He can make a stitch groover out of it. And yeah. I was like, okay, I can do this. And then I followed him on Instagram. And he kind of sunk his talons in me, too, because he was just like, oh, little old baker, 17 followers, trying to be a leather worker. He was like, you need a brand. I was like, I think you're right, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. And he just he swooped in, and he kind of took it away. And I kind of, and it was still at 726 Leatherworks, once mm-hmm. again, with the anvil. And he was working with that. And I kind of, like, bum-rushed him because it was right at that time where I was like, I'm switching it all up. And he had had this design going for about a month. Yeah. And I, like, messaged him. I was like, hey change of plans and he was like what's up and I sent him a picture of like I'd drawn the hearse and drawn the dead sled and how I would like it and stuff and yeah. he was like that's killer that's gonna be so much fun than an anvil he I was like yeah I think so so yeah. we kind of went with that and that was the best decision mm-hmm. and if you can't afford to do the branding then you probably can't afford to do the business because right. it's gonna come back and it's gonna it paid for itself man it really does yeah. Because people, they if they're not going to buy wallets and leather goods from me, then I got T-shirts, stickers, and all that cool stuff that they can kind of support and mm-hmm. rep for me as well, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, once you have the branding, you can pretty much do anything. Like, yeah. you can't make a shirt without branding. No. You can't make a hat without branding. Nope. You can't, like, stamp something on a wallet without branding yeah. unless it's, like... You know some letters. Right. So, it <laughs> and was so a, it's a big. It was. A, it's a big part of, of the business. Exactly. I mean, like all crafters of all sorts. I mean, you do have that branding, that recognizable thing. Like, mm-hmm. if you were to see a swoosh right now, you'd be like, "That's a Nike." You don't have to yeah. say Nike anywhere. But I would love one day for just that white silhouette hearse, and people would be like, "That's dead sled." Oh That's, yeah. The branding is very important to me, and that was a big deal. Well, and. Almost every brand starts out with the name in the branding. Mm-hmm. And Nike used to be like that. Yep. Adidas used to be like that. And now you see three stripes in the clouds and you're like, Adidas. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's, that's the programming I want to do. So mm-hmm. maybe, who knows, one day I may be able to drop the dead sled off of it and just wrap a classic hearse and people just know what it is right off the bat. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's, the, that's the goal, I guess, for anybody. Mm-hmm. So what made you, obviously, like, when you make products, a goal is to open a store, but what made you open a store and be like, I want to do this a lot more than just my full-time job? Like, most people probably don't know if they look on Instagram, like, oh, he's a paramedic. Right. I mean, they might figure it out if they look long enough. But they might not also understand, like, oh, like, like most you've paramedics, got a I try to job. tell everybody I can. I'm just like, by the way, I'm a paramedic. I didn't know if you knew that. Well, but, I like if you have eyeballs, you might figure it out. Right. But like most people might not realize, like, oh, like dead sled leather is not your full time job. Right. So, like, how are you going about that? As far as like, do you have a vision for this to be your full time job? 
A year ago, no, it wouldn't have. That would have been the answer. A year ago, would be like, no. Um, I'm obviously like a paramedic at heart. It's just one of those careers where you jump in and it just it consumes you, mm-hmm. and it can be really great to you at times. It can be really bad at times. It's um, a very much abusive relationship sometimes, <laughs> and you know, Dead Sled was a creative outlet. Yeah, and it, I'll get to you oh, in a second. Really? <laughs> and it kind of. It kind of it blew up on me, and like I said, mm-hmm. I started at a kitchen table, and then I had to move into a spare bedroom, yeah. and then I had to find a studio space, and I started out with like 400 square foot here at Melwood Art mm-hmm. Center, and I moved into 900 square feet, and then uh, this one was 1,200. He's been what here this whole time. What do you want? Come here. So, and this, uh, I moved in here, it's 1,200 square foot, and mm-hmm. I just really wanted to, I just wanted to make stuff, and it, it was flying off oh. the shelves, and I was making it custom, and the store part of it is just like, I like, like, it goes back to branding, like it's my name on things, and I like people having that, mm-hmm. so people come in, and they take it, and that's that exchange that I like. They give me a little bit of money, and I give them a little piece of something that I've made, and yeah. Uh, with the quality of it, hopefully it lasts them, you know, quality till their last ride. And, you know, that's been the case. Um, I try not to cut any corners and make things as solid and as best built as I can. And yeah. I have two giant trash cans over there full of products that just weren't good enough that sure. other people are just like, oh, this is fine. Who cares about that crooked stitch? But it's always bothered me. Mm-hmm. But the store part of it, I mean, it almost just happened by accident. Like a year ago. <gasps> A year ago, I never knew. Hey, you're okay. You're not. You're not really good at podcasting. Okay. No. You're not very good at it. <laughs> Stop. You're okay, baby. You're okay. Want to say hi? You're I'm sorry to everyone that's not watching this on YouTube because you might have no idea what's going on. <laughs> But there's a full-size German Shepherd podcasting. <laughs> she let us get 15 minutes into it. Yeah. Are you okay? Are you well, okay? we're going to take a short recess, and we'll be right back. Hmm. We see you. It's okay. <laughs> Papa's right here. Well, we're back, and we were. I think we were talking about, like, why... Why you, the storefront. Yeah, why you're starting a store. And I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what do you see this being long-term? Like, I think this is a awesome location because you not only have, like, a store area but a workspace. Mm-hmm. And you can interact with your customers as they come in, even while you're working. Right. Um, do you see this being maybe your full-time job at some point? Eventually, I think it could be that way. Like, I've said before, um, I'm willing to ride it as long and as high as it'll take me Mm -hmm. and if that is in the cards for it to be a full-time gig then perfect um right now i'm able to manage um orders online all over the country as they come in and this as well um as a full-time paramedic so right now it's working i'm exhausted and haven't really like learned the time management part on um the end of like resting yeah, like I just kind of go hard. That's the r- real yeah. hard part. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's the mentality. But now with um, a fiance and she has a four-year-old son and mm-hmm. I want to be with them more and more, 
So I'm kind of like learning how to manage my time. So yeah. full-time job, full-time business, full-time fiance, full-time bonus dad. So it's a lot <laughs> of things that I'm trying to like figure out mm -hmm. and not forgetting what's most important to me, which is always going to be family. Oh yeah. And you know, this is definitely an amazing passion, but at the end of the day, what are we doing if we can't hang out with our family? Mm -hmm. And as a paramedic, it's almost as a way out eventually, like I could get away from those long hours, but yeah. every business owner will tell you like we have long hours on the business side anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm willing to see what will happen. I'm, I'm yeah, up for anything. Depending on how your family looks at it, it can be long hours, but they can spend those hours with you. Yeah. And Talitha, my fiance who you've met, she mm -hmm. is amazing. And I'm lucky enough that it's a passion I have that she also enjoys doing. Like yeah. she likes to come in and she likes to watch me work. She likes to learn things. And I mean, she's doing stuff that I just learned how to do two years ago and she's doing it better than I am. So, and I <laughs> Don't was tell like, her okay. that. Yeah. I was like, okay, this, this could work out. Cause like I can do something over here and mm -hmm. she can do something over there and yeah. you know, we can hang out and spend time together. And that's, that's awesome. Like that's that dynamic duo thing that you want in a relationship where, you know, mm -hmm. we, laugh, love, and hang out and have a good time together. And, you know, we get to actually do something together, which is perfect. Yeah. Not a lot of people can do that. And not a lot of people can do that. They can't do it because they don't have the access to do it. And a lot mm -hmm. of people just can't stand to be with each other's spouses that long, which yeah. I'm lucky enough that I can. So I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. That's incredible. And uh, I think it's, like, it's definitely... A passion of mine to one day be able to do that like right now I have my own space right. I have my own business I work full-time doing it uh, but I don't have a storefront and my wife does work full-time uh, right. as a teacher but uh, my passion my goal is that I'm able to take it to a level where she's able to work with me like say we're in a storefront situation like yeah. this and she's able to help me and it would give her a uh, way out of a job that, like, she, she enjoys sometimes mm -hmm. certain aspects. But then other parts of it, like the bureaucracy of paperwork right. and everything yeah. and dealing with expectations is a very tasking on not just her time but her mental uh, space. Like, she just feels very, like, pulled down a right. lot. And I'd love to be able to give her an outlet and uh, a way out. Exactly. And you know, a lot of people don't look at it that way, like, especially during the pandemic, any first responder, paramedic, EMT, um, doctors, nurses, firefighters, police, like, it's been especially hard. And those mm -hmm. careers are just careers that are just like, I guess I wouldn't say like, they're careers that you just like jump into completely. It's not yeah. like, um, and not to put down any other job, but it's not like a nine to five, punch in, punch out, go home. Mm -hmm. There's uh, little pieces of people's lives that we take with us as we go and it's exhausting. And lately with the pandemic going on, like anybody who can find a way out, they're trying to do that. Yep. Like I have no friends who are retiring a little bit earlier than they, than they would have, but mm -hmm. they just, they gotta go. I mean, it's exhausting physically and mentally and emotionally. So when you have that opportunity like Dead Sled to where the back of my brain goes, this is something you could do mm -hmm. and you could still support your family. Yeah. And so that becomes a reality and something you definitely have to look into. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you're putting the full-time amount of hours you're working as an EM or as a paramedic into this, yeah. 
what you could accomplish. Hundreds of wallets, and I hope they would sell. <laughs> I would just, I would make so many things, but mm-hmm. nobody wants a storefront that's got a thousand wallets and thousands of bags. I was like, I want them to walk out the door. So, well, and you can totally disagree with me on this, but from what I'm seeing, wallets are something that every leather worker wants to try and make. Right. But I see so fewer people actually using a wallet anymore. Like, I don't even use a wallet. Yeah. Because uh, you can actually put all of your payment options on your phone. Mm-hmm. I actually have a thing on the back of my phone for, like, my, my ID and a couple credit yep. cards. Because uh, I travel a lot, and mm-hmm. I, lose, I lost my wallet, like, three times on one trip. And I was just like, okay, I'm done. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I never lose my phone because it's big enough not to fall out yep. of my pocket. I think we're um, seeing the phase out of the wallets. And yeah. when it comes to, like, you know, some places during this uh, pandemic, some places won't even take cash. Yeah. So, and people are tapping their phones. And, you know, I've had people who are just like, I don't carry a wallet, but this is a great wallet. I would have bought it. But, mm-hmm. and then other people are just like, can you make like a cell phone wallet? Which I've made a couple of those, like yeah. similar to what you carry. So, yeah, a lot of us, we kind of almost always started out with like the wallets, the smaller goods, mm-hmm. the keychains, the belts, and stuff like that. But I do believe you to be correct when like wallets are kind of walking away. So, well, and, I, and my recommendation would be to get creative, like you with the radio straps. Yeah. Like, obviously, that's kind of a one-off thing for each, like, customer. Right. Like, you can't just stock yeah. a ton of that and expect every, like, you're not going to uh, put in Smith on right. uh, or Baker on a strap and expect somebody with that last name to walk through the front door. But at yeah. the same time, uh, it's those types of products that could set you apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Everyone's going to need a belt. Yeah. And everyone needs, like, a dop kit when they travel mm-hmm. to throw their stuff in. So, like, getting creative as a leather worker and stocking your store with things that probably are timeless. Right. Uh, would be a good idea. And, of course, dog leashes and collars. Yeah. Like, got to love the dogs. The dogs <laughs> are never going to be touchless. So, no. collars <laughs> and leashes are always going to be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, those and smaller goods. Um and you know, with you, like, candles, like, everybody, like, except, like, select few, like, people have candles. Yeah. People, and I'm a, I'm a big burly man, and I've got more candles than most. I just love candles. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it's kind of my thing. But, you know, and then that's another thing with the branding. Like, I can support you as a fellow maker mm-hmm. by getting something you make with my branding on it. And I, you can support me as a fellow maker, and I make you something like your passport wallets that have my branding on it. Yeah. And that's the big thing about, and we can get away from that, like the maker community is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a whole new family that I didn't know was out there waiting for me to join. Yeah. And I read like an inspirational quote somewhere and it said, you don't clap for other people and that's why you'll never get your turn. Yep. And that kind of hits me. So people are always like, hey, why do you share this guy's wallets when you make your own wallets? I was mm-hmm. like, well, he's never going to come and take the people who are going to buy my stuff. No. And I'm never just like... I have a really good relationship with Axe and All. They're mm-hmm. uh, firefighter paramedic spouses, and they make leather radio straps, and they make damn good leather radio straps. <laughs> and you know, they're I'm not going to take their customers from them, no. and they're not going to take my customers from me. And we kind of talk to each other, and you know, we shout each other out and share each other stuff. And that's the community. And a lot of people don't know that's a big part of it. Yeah, and that's the support that we like. Well, yeah, and and on Instagram, there's this whole thing going around of, like, the leatherworking community or the woodworking community. And to me, I'm like, people as makers 
need to be a community together. Right. Like, you don't see me celebrating just leather workers. Yeah, you're t- you, you come in, you take out the middleman. You're just like, wait a second, guys. <laughs> We're just makers. <laughs> yeah, because in reality, like, I feel like every word- woodworker needs a leather worker friend. Yeah. And everybody needs a candle friend. You know, mm-hmm. like, because if you're not making tables or right. cutting boards then you connect with a guy that does. Right. And uh, but you're not going to connect with a leather worker, another leather worker and say, "Hey, like put your wallets in my store." Right. You know, like so you can be supportive of each yeah. other, but coming together as a maker community as a whole and collaborating with other makers of different uh, facets of making mm-hmm. can really like bolster what you do and take it to the next level. Exactly. Um, like I thought about at one point of getting into leather work I never want to get into leather work. <laughs> um, and that's why like, I got stuff from you. And I've got some stuff from uh, Mason back in the day when he made right. some leather goods. And I've gotten some leather goods from some other guys. But like, for me, I pretty much predominantly make candles. <laughs> like That's the main thing. And then I make some other wax-based products. But for the most part, like if I offer anything else through All-American Maker, it's made by somebody else. Exactly. Because to me, I'm like, why would I try and do like seven different making experiences when I can support you and like you've supported me in buying candles? And at the end of the day, I feel like it makes what we do stronger because instead of me trying to figure out how to do multiple things and being like the master of nothing, (laughs) um, (laughs) I can just focus on candles and being like, I'm going to make a ton of candles. (laughs) And that's it. And I think that's going to benefit everybody. It does. And that's the, the maker community, much, much like I said, like, I'm not going to buy wallets and belts from other leather crafters, but I buy their T-shirts, I buy their hats, mm-hmm. I buy their candles, um, just a small thing, like stickers. Like, if you look around the shop, like, my sewing machine is just littered with stickers. Yeah. And we were talking about the other day, we were like, who's this? I was like, well, that's a Dead Miners. And so just said, who's this? And I'm like, well, that's so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's cool that it's that community and it's that family and that kind of thing. And we, we all kind of like talk to each other and kind of support each other. And we're never going to, no one's ever going to take anything from me that was coming to me anyway. No. And I'm not going to do the same to them. So, I mean, and once you leave that mentality in your head, like try to get away from the competitive side of things. Like mm-hmm. I don't need to compete with anybody else. No. Nope. I know what I'm making. I know what they're making and we're doing fine. So we might as well support each other at the same time. Well, and once you get off of this idea that everyone's uh, kind of going after the same customers on Instagram. Right. And realize, okay, like, for instance, Jamestown, New York, where I'm from, there is not a single leather worker. But there's 30,000 people. Right. Like, so wherever you're at, like, I'm sure there's another leather worker in Louisville somewhere. Yep. You're not going to take all the customers. And I didn't know that. I, I thought, like, at first I was like, I'm going to be the only one. And then <laughs> as soon as I, like, started my Instagram and started blowing up, like, people were coming out of the woodwork. They're like, oh, I also do leather work. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so yeah. I was like, you want to come hang out? And, you know, I have a good friend. Um, his name's Travis. He, um, he operates as a, he's, he, he'll tell you on a hobbyist level. Mm-hmm. He makes really amazing bags out of leather as well. But uh, Travis, he does uh, Great Day Leatherworks. Okay. Uh, well, great Day Goods because he wants to do different things. But um, it's amazing. And he kind of came over one day. He kind of found me on Instagram. He just showed up at the shop when mm-hmm. I was in the studio. 
He's like, hey, um, I'm Travis. This is what I do. He's like, I want to watch you do stuff too. And we've kind of been friends and he'll help out. Like when I have like to go to shows and need to get some stuff made, he'll come mm -hmm. over and make stuff with me. And that's an amazing community feeling. And I would have never met him if it wasn't for leatherworking. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and my challenge is like, like get out, like do uh, craft shows and uh, the, like every farmer's market, like people go there to buy produce and stuff. Right. They'll totally buy something made out of leather. They don't know. <laughs> they, they don't know they need it yet till I get there. No, and and most of the time they don't even know you exist right. until you're right in front of their face. Like I would, I would say that probably over fifty percent, sixty percent, maybe even seventy percent of the people nationwide are not on Instagram. Right. Like think of the millions and millions and millions of possible customers that you will never reach because your only reach is on Instagram. Right. Like for me, I have like 5,000 and something followers on Instagram. That's mm -hmm. like not even, that's like one sixth of the people in my city. Right. And I live in a small city. <laughs> and probably I would say most of those people don't even know I exist. Mm -hmm. And so like get out and like buy a $50 canopy at Dick's Sporting Goods and a $40 lifetime table, mm -hmm. throw a piece of cloth over it and put your stuff on there and go spend some time in a farmer's market because mm -hmm. I guarantee if you're a leather worker, you're going to get some sales. You got to put the footwork in. Like yeah. The, the opportunity there to create something and do it well mm -hmm. and offer it to the public, offer it to the consumer, the opportunity is always going to be there, but you have yeah. to be willing to put the work in. Like, I could just be doing all this in my basement, no Instagram, no Facebook, and just mm -hmm. kind of word of mouth to friends. And yep. that'll only go so far. Because when you're making something of high quality, like, my job is to, if I sell you a wallet, I don't, mm -hmm. you're never going to buy another wallet from me. Nope. You may buy another wallet for a friend or whatever or anything like that. But usually, once that sale is done, like, I don't, yeah. you don't need another wallet. You might not ever need another wallet. The only time you'll ever buy another wallet is if you're like, I want a different color. Exactly. You know, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not going to be because that wallet fell apart. And I have those Uber supporters who have been there since day one who buy one of everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that feels good. And those are friends and families. And some people I don't even know, like there's a there's a guy in Washington. Every time I launch something new, he buys it. Yeah. And he just kind of he kind of latched on to what I was doing. And. You know, he, does he need three wallets? No, but mm -hmm. I love the support and, you know, I always send him extra stuff when I send him packages and stuff. And that's a great feeling mm -hmm. as well that someone who I've never met in the flesh before would support me, who, who has no, there's nothing, there's no benefit other than like getting a product, which I mean, we do that every day. I buy stuff on Amazon and I don't follow Amazon on Instagram, no. you know, and share <laughs> their stuff. No. So just the, there's a, there's a different thing when we can. It's kind of a tangible thing when you know that this was made by someone who is making this wallet so he can pay for daycare or he can yeah. pay for a family trip or something like that. Just little things like that. And that's people love that to do that. And mm -hmm. that's amazing. And that's why we are able to make what we do. Yeah. And it's awesome. I absolutely love it. Like, I love thinking that, okay, like I bought some products from another maker and that put food on their table. Yep. Like, when somebody buys a candle from me, like, it literally buys part of my groceries. <laughs> well, and it's, it's the way it is. And when you and I did our exchange of goods and stuff like that, though the profits we made, like, 
that bought new tools for me, mm-hmm. that paid the overhead, that paid my rent, that paid all kinds of stuff that is associated with Dead Sled, and it has allowed it to grow as much as it is. Yeah. So that's why I tell everybody whenever they buy something, they come in and they say, "Oh my gosh, your shop looks great." I was like, "Thank you, you guys did it." So. Yep. <laughs> and like, and that's that's the cool part, and it'll always be cool to me. And I'm just fascinated with that, mm-hmm. and the fact that we can take something with you, 50 pounds of wax, uh, with me a side of leather. Mm-hmm. And I can roll it out on the table, and in a couple hours, I can have multiple products made out of it that people are going to use. Yeah, that's crazy to me, and I, I I know the process and how to do it and everything like that. But it still it still fascinates me when I do it. That mm-hmm. this wallet in my back pocket was a just a piece of leather a little while ago. But yeah. that's cool to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> well, I know for a fact that today is going to be. An epic day. Oh, like it's gonna be a nerve-wracking day, but I'm excited about it. Let's podcast see. isn't dropping today, but while you're listening right now, today while we're recording this is the opening day of Dead Sled Leather Co. Uh, the store, grand opening, and I know for a fact <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Like yep. Jonathan's sweating over here, <laughs> but uh, I know there's a lot of people who love and support your business and are gonna show up. And if they can't show up today, they're going to show up tomorrow or whenever the next day you're open. Well, if they and don't come today, they don't get no cake. So that was a that's big true. Deal. I was like, cake and pizza and drinks, guys. I was like, come in, have a good time. That's why I drive yeah. all this way. <laughs> like, like, I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm like, there's going to be cake. And he's like, well, we'll see what we can do. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. So I want to just close it out by saying, if you haven't already followed Dead Sled Leather on uh, Instagram, go follow them. Uh, go to their website and just check out what they're doing and support his business. If you live in the Louisville area, come on and check it out. Uh, there's always going to be something new. I can't wait to see what this place looks like in a year. I'm, it's going to be unrecognizable. <laughs> That's the goal. And uh, come pet Lola, the yep. shop pup, because yeah. uh, she's needy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening because uh, it's been my pleasure to be here with Jonathan and to finally meet you in person yeah. and to build upon the what I felt like was just an Instagram relationship yeah. <laughs> until uh, we actually met in person. And I think our wives made fun of us for that. They did. That's um, okay. <laughs> well, my wife, your girlfriend, your fiance, like, they were like, yeah, they've never even talked on the phone before. Yeah. It was like the, it's like the people who do gaming online for years and then finally get to meet each other in person. It was, and I'm just very grateful that for your friendship, uh, in oh, yeah. the community, like the, like we started out as just two fellow makers and I'm very happy to have you as a friend. Yeah. And it just means a lot that you would come seven hours just to this. And that's, that's the best to me. And it, it means we're doing something right. Mm-hmm. And any support that I would get after that, like all the support is so appreciated. Like you don't need to buy something from me, but you can like a post, you can share something. Someone else will see it and yeah. they'll want something, they'll need something and you've helped. And that's the best thing about it. Well, my pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And uh, I can't wait for today. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about Jonathan Baker and his business, Dead Sled Leather, head on over to deadsledleather.com. And if you'd like to support the podcast, head on over to allamericanmaker.us slash members 
to join the members only area today. A huge shout out and thank you to Weaver Leather Supply for sponsoring today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about them, head on over to weaverleathersupply.com for all of your leather crafting needs. Also follow them on Instagram at Weaver Leather Supply. Thanks again for tuning in today, and I hope to tune in next time.